Hello and welcome to Careerview Mirror. I'm your host, Joyelle Crawford, and today's very special guest is Rick Gillis. Rick and I have known each other for many, many years. I think we met in 2017. Um, way out, yeah, like it was that long ago. Rick has been in the business of employment since 1997. Since uh, when, he, uh, as employee number one, he was involved with the launch of the first local employment website to serve the greater Houston, Texas market. Leveling the paying field is the sum of Rick Gillis's varied and colorful career in sales as a manager, author, speaker, award-winning media host, and now as an indisputable thought leader. After more than 20 years of job search support and career advising, Rick has now created Quotient, the Quotient personal value calculation method to help workers and their employers identify and assign value to individual job performance and accomplishment in a new way. Leveling the Paying Field offers this very simple, easy to use performance metric that truly does level the paying field. The result is that not only will equal pay for equal work finally be realized, but even better, proper pay for outstanding performance will become the new normal. Welcome, Rick Gillis. Thank you, Joyelle. And excuse me for looking away. I've got dogs laying around. It's oh, well, you know, that's how we do this. We're right. living in this now in the pandemic world where we've got extra furry coworkers. <laughs> right, right, exactly right. Thank you for that introduction. And by the way, uh, even I still slip now and then and say leveling the playing field. Yes. You didn't miss it. I was impressed because sometimes I do and I just go, wait a minute, I coined this term. I know how to, and sometimes it still slips out. So good for you. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I, I love a good play on words. And so I was just like, I got to practice this and make sure that I just don't jack up his, his book title. I'm so excited to have you on today to, to just share, first of all, what inspired you to write Leveling the Paying Field? Uh, you know, like you said, I started, I helped launch the first job board in 1997 in Houston, and we were very, very successful. I wasn't an owner, so I didn't share in that success. Maybe we wouldn't be here. Maybe I've been on an island somewhere. <laughs> but regardless, um, I spent out of that experience, I learned my own. What I learned is when I was calling on, you know, big companies, mom and mom and pa shops, uh, staffing companies, I was learning how job search worked. And when I was going to events to, uh, to job search support, what I was hearing was not the same thing. So that got me reading, writing books and telling people. And I got to speaking. I ended up doing this all over the country and stuff. And I've hosted radio and, and I hosted a, a small TV show here in Houston as well. And I had a lot of fun with all that stuff. But at the heart of it, when people are in job search, they're hurting. It's, they're, it's, it's a really serious place to be. And I take it very, very seriously. And I've always said, I don't take except whiners. I take no prisoners. I want my people to be very successful. And so by doing so, I required my clients, and I still do, to put together a list of their personal best accomplishments. I want, based on how long you've been working and what you're striving for, I want you to give me a list of your best accomplishments. I want you to write out for me the who, what, where, when, why, and how. 
And if you can, give me a valuation for that work. Mm -hmm. And the reason I require people to do this is because after you've done that, because most people are resistant to doing this, and if they won't do it, I won't work with them. But after they've done that, they're ready to now write a resume. And more importantly, they're ready to nail the interview. Because yeah. the interview is the hardest thing to do. Yes. All this out, and it's top of mind. And somebody says, tell me about a time when, and you just nail it. That's when they sit back and go, whoa, we got a winner here. So I will tell you candidly, my the people I work with are highly successful, but I really, and listen, I'm they do the heavy lifting. I don't, you know? So anyway, but a lot of those people that I worked, especially senior professionals, their idea of an accomplishment was on time and under budget. And I'm like, that's not an accomplishment. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Right. And I started requiring them to come up with a valuation. How many man hours did you save? How much revenue did you create, et cetera, et cetera. And I was astonished by how many of these people could not do it. So I started coming up with workarounds, asking them questions and trying to come up with components so we could come up with a number. Mm -hmm. That's what led to leveling the paying field because when I came up with this number and what happened exactly is I had an epiphany. And I mean, it was a Sunday afternoon. I was riding my bicycle. I stopped in the middle of the road on the side of the road okay, because <laughs> um, I, I, I saw this whole thing instantly. And what I realized and what I learned the next day by calling a friend of mine who's a retired chief financial officer is that no such measurement exists in the accounting system. And I'm like, I have a, a bachelor's degree. I don't have an MBA. I don't have a PhD, none of that stuff. But it's, I just was astonished. I said, you cannot tell me the value of a paycheck worker. And it turns out you can't. In other words, a paycheck worker is anybody who's hourly or salaried, mm -hmm. but to say that that person delivers $5,000 a week or $10,000 or $100,000 a year in value, there's no such metric. Right. And I came up with it. And what that is, is people who take a paycheck, and I call this the accomplishments mindset, they need to pay attention to what they're doing as they're doing it, because people are doing good stuff all the time. And if they're not paying attention to it, and this is not wrong, this is our system, their employer gets the benefit of all that good stuff they're doing, Yeah. but they should be. And so anyway, so if you take the idea of the quotient model is exactly the value of your contribution to your employer, the value of what you've delivered in a year, a month, a quarter, whatever, but let's use a year. Mm -hmm. um, the value of your contribution to your employer divided by your base pay equals your quotient. So Joyelle, let's say you and I work together. Mm -hmm. And you delivered, and I'm paying you $50,000 a year, and you delivered $250,000 in value to my company. And this is something that I would teach you, and that's what the book is a lot about, is teaching mm -hmm. people how to figure this out. Mm -hmm. But I would show you how to determine the value. You came up with $250,000. Divide that by $50,000. Your quotient is five. You delivered five times your base pay to, to me as your employer, and that's a really good thing. Yes. The more I worked on this stuff, the more I realized, I think my highest one was I had one guy that delivered 531 times his base pay Whoa. in one of my, yeah, and it was interesting because he was a construction supervisor. By the way, in the book, there's 14 what I call Q studies, and these are detailed step-by-step -step how I worked with 14 different people mm -hmm. to determine their quotient, so I can, and they're all different ranks and levels mm -hmm. so that you can see, but, um, and here's how the pay parity thing happens, because this was kind of a byproduct and a really neat thing. And I am very pro proper pay for the best performance. I believe in equal pay for equal work, but equal pay, that's really hard to measure. Right. So, but the proper pay for the best performance, 
that takes out discrimination, regardless of what you look like. If you're the proper, the best performer, you should get the best pay. Yes. Let's say you and I work together. We have the same qualifications effectively, you know, more or less. And my quotient this year was a seven. Yours was a 23. But here comes the new year and we find out that Ricky got the promotion. I got the bonus. I got the raise. Woohoo. Yay me. And then as things are in big companies or even small companies, we get the word gets out that I had a quotient of seven and my quotient is defensible. It's conservative and it's defensible. That's one of the rules of working this up. Mm-hmm. But it gets out that I had a quotient of seven. You had a quotient of 23. That means you delivered 16 times more value than I did. But because I go to work for the boss, I mean, I go to I go to I go to golf with the boss, mm-hmm. or I go get drinks with the boss, and you can't do that. And then let's face it, I'm I'm mostly white, and you're black. Mm-hmm. So you, you you come on, and I'm not I'm just being candid. That's what happens every day, all the time Absolutely. around the world, and I don't agree with that. So. You have four options at that point. One of them is you can go to your immediate supervisor and say, I have an issue. I want to discuss my accomplishments. Here's my quotient. I had a 27. Rick had a seven. The only problem with this, I might be your boss now. Ah, So next option is you could go to HR and say, I want to file a complaint. I have an issue. It's not unreasonable for me to think this. No satisfaction. You can go to the EEOC. If that doesn't get you satisfaction, then, and I have a friend of mine who has since passed. I'm really sorry he passed, but he saw this before he passed about a year and a half before he passed away. He was, I actually interviewed him and his name's in the back of the book as a thank you. But he just told me, he said, Rick, this is groundbreaking. There's never been anything like this before. And I was so proud when he said that because he was 23 years at the EEOC. And so you can go to EEOC. And if that doesn't work for you, the nuclear option is you take your accomplishments, you go find another job and oh, you go in with that accomplishment inventory, which is how I train people to interview. Yeah. And you say, here's what I did previously. Can I do this for you? That's in a nutshell what happened. And then I came up just two weeks before we finished um, uh, cop, uh, editing the book. I came up with this nifty name, Leveling the Paying Field. Love I love it. that name. Love it. Thank you. And, and, you know, I mean, so you explained, and I appreciate you kind of walking our audience through the steps of like, here's what you should do in order to advocate for yourself. Cause I'm a big, you know, of course I wrote a book on advocating for yourself and showing your ass. And I think it's really important to be able to show your work and your accomplishments. Um, would you, what other steps would you suggest to this person kind of stepping up into into their power and 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 sharing their accomplishments um, with human resources or their next level supervisor you know what joyelle that's a huge question and everybody's going to be different but here's what i will tell you candidly and I've been doing this job search thing with anywhere from new grads to CEOs mm-hmm. for 23, 24 years now. I now can candidly categorically say people are not aware of the accomplishments they perform on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. And listen, if you're working today and you save the company $500, that's worth noting. To you, you may not think that's a big deal, right. but are you making $500 a day? Or even if you are, it's still a big deal. 
Now, let's say that that $500 you just saved is because you learned how to do a process a little faster than somebody else. And somebody in your group says, hey, how are you doing that so quick? Well, let me show you. Now there's eight people that know this. And those eight people, pretty soon this turns into a best practice. And it's, yeah. sh it's shared across 37 branches across the US. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're saving 15 minutes turned into three or $400,000 weekly in man hours being saved where people could finish that up quicker and get to something else. People do this all the time. And it is the basis of free enterprise that you always continually seeking to find that better way to do something. Mm -hmm. And it's the regular person sitting at their computer sitting. I don't care if they're, if they're laying floor tile, I don't care right. what they're doing, but if they find a better way and they share it, there should be some bonus in that. Yes. And, and you know, let me say something else too there. Sometimes people have a one-off year. One, sometimes they have a huge year. Maybe it's not worth a promotion. Maybe mm -hmm. it's not worth a raise, but it's always worth at minimum a bonus. So, you know, it's, people need to, this accomplishments mindset is paying attention to what you do as you do it. Yes. and annotating it as you do it yes. put it in your email make a note and i do this all the time and i go back three four weeks three or four months and i look through my calendar and i go oh wow i forgot all about that yes because we don't think about this you know we have other things to do so but in the arc all of a sudden it turns into this big value absolutely You're going hey i'm pretty good i did yes. that yes you know? I have a fairy god mentor who I used to work with. Her name is Wendy Wolner. And I used to call it a joy is great folder. She calls it a damn I'm great folder. And so I like that. I share that with all of my clients and my audiences. And I share it in the book. It, it have it open, have, have a document. I used to have an Excel, it was bootleg. I used to have a Word document or Excel, Excel spreadsheet or good old fashioned pen and paper notebook like you're showing. Absolutely, just write it down and just, just write out the accomplishments. Results-based accomplishments are what puts you ahead of the game, but you, you've got to understand it and study it and and celebrate it you know muhammad ali says it it ain't bragging if it's the truth so that's it, right that's you've exactly got, you've right. gotta you've gotta make sure that you are documenting this because they're not documenting it they're you know Real, that's an, what you just said is a very important thing too because i will categorically say i'm going to be sexist right now it's not appropriate but i'm going to tell you the truth women will not speak up for themselves that's my experience that is not being sexist actually it's my experience with professional women. Here's the thing. When you're telling somebody, not just casually or, or actually have it written down and are, are identifying it, when you're sharing this information, it is informing. It is not bragging. It is not boasting. Don't think like that. It is okay to share and inform. And maybe somebody, maybe somebody like me will be sitting back and go, wow, maybe I better pay attention to this little lady. Yes. Maybe I better pay attention to this little woman, you know, yeah. because damn it, that's, you know, it's, I mean, it's terrible that we have to talk like that, but it is what it is. Um, of course, the racial thing is still way behind. It, it's just all messed up. Yes. I don't care how good things get. It's just not right. And um, once again, I, we talked before we came on the air, you know, I mentioned Keith Weiss's new book, Diversity is not enough. It's a fantastic book. Mm -hmm. And yes, he's not here to talk about it, but 
it's it's a great book and it's true his 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 premise is so good and i believe in it i believe like i said i believe in the proper pay for the best performance mm -hmm. equal pay for equal work is okay but that was president kennedy in 1963 and proper pay for the best performance i had somebody challenge me so rick if all these people are doing all this great work where are you going to get the money to pay them and see the paying field, leveling the paying field, the quotient is a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. It not only shows you who your winners are, it shows you who your non-producers are. That's where the money comes from. Yes. When you eliminate the dead weight, all of a sudden there's a bunch of money we can level people. Yes. Yeah. That's not a hard stretch. Yeah. And employers want this. They want the best for their bang, the best bang for their buck. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and you know, like I I, I see how it it applies to an employee, you know, speaking to the employer, how would you, what kind of tips or solutions would you give to the leader or the person receiving the information? So here it is, we're giving everyone their, their uh, call to action about leveling the paying field and having the, the courageous, um, not even courageous, because it's not courage, just standing in, standing in your power and knowing your value and speaking your truth and value. So once we've had that employee come up to the employer, what tips can you give to the employer about receiving this information and leveling the paying field? Well, number one, pay attention. Number two, understand that, what, like I told you earlier, let's say I it was me and I saved the company $500 this week. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. to an employer, $500 and they're dealing with a 50,000 weekly payroll or whatever, just huge numbers. That may not sound like a big deal, but it is. It is. It is a big deal and it's relevant to the position. Um, the other thing I'll tell you, and this was an accident, Joyelle, I talked with a woman, a CEO of a company in Knoxville, Tennessee, about three weeks ago, four weeks mm -hmm. ago now. Um, when I first came up with this concept, I was on a national panel. It was actually an international panel. And I met this woman and uh, she's a CEO of a small consulting company. At the time, she had 30 employees. And she so liked this idea, this quotient idea. She said, Rick, would you talk to my, in my company? And I said, sure, that'd be fun. I've never done that before. It's brand new. Let's share it. Mm -hmm. And I put it out there in front of her. And so, but then, and I did about 45 minutes and some Q&A and I left it. And then I went on and we, you know, published the book and got all this stuff going on. And it struck me the other day. I said, you know, I need to call her up. Her name is Misty. And so I called up Misty and I said, Misty, how are things going since you and I had that discussion? Did, did your employees pick it up? Did they? She said, Rick, we're killing it. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. Now this is a woman CEO. Mm -hmm. So I'm not concerned about the fair pay component. It's happening. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I was concerned about how are you using the quotient to advance her side of the of the quotient, not the employee side. Right. And she said, what we're doing is we're using this accomplishment inventory method. And every employee is required. And I that's one of the questions I asked her. I said, mandatorily? And it's like, yeah, they can keep their job or they can go somewhere else. Wow. They're required to establish a projected value for everything they're doing. And they're translating that first two ways. Number one, uh, completed assignments. They show the value. Let's say they spent $5 million. They were paid $5 million to generate $300 million in value. So they use that, first of all, there's that. Number two is each employee is required to track what they're doing. And as they submit bids, they're required to include historical information and projections on by us doing this for you, you can anticipate this kind of revenue or value or whatever. 
And so anyway, what she did is I'm going to take the leveling the pain field book. And now you're the first one to hear this. I'm going to repurpose the information in that book, give it a new title and send it out to management. Yes. And oh, and by the way, at the end of the book, it's going to be instead of leveling the pain field. Oh, and by the way, this methodology will also equalize fair, create fair pay. Mm-hmm. And so it's, that's going to be kind of a bonus afterthought. Nice. And I've already prepared the presentation for it to go out and start doing this because I'm being asked to do it. So I'm coming at this now from the front end, the employees and the back end, the employers. Yes. And I, I need help, Joelle. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for letting me have this platform. That's fantastic. I'm so excited. You know, great, great minds think alike. So I'm excited. I have the chills thinking about how this can not only help the employee, but the, now you're, you're creating space for the employer and how, how this can actually be more of the language that we speak in our workspace and workplaces so that that can create parity. Now, what advice would you give? This is one of my favorite questions because it's one of my favorite questions to ask, but if you could share one or two career pieces of advice with your younger self, with little Rick, little Ricky, Wow! what would would those pieces of advice be? Um, You know what? It's the piece of advice I give every single person now, and it's pay attention to accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to the little things. The little things will turn into bigger things, but it's that mindset. And you know, see something you would know about me, something very, very few people know about me is that uh, I was on the road for several years doing sound. I've been a, I've been, I've never been a performer as such, but I'm, I, I have a home recording studio. I've been playing since I was a kid, and I should have done that as a real serious hobby instead of trying to make it in that space. I was on the road for years mixing sound for bands, oh. and I, and at the same time I was going to school. Uh, and I had more W's and incompletes than you've ever seen in a transcript. I was always going back and having to finish a class or beg forgiveness, but I finally got my degree. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would say, take your very serious, unless you're world-class. I mean, if you're really world-class, but if you're not world-class, keep don't give up your dreams ever. I'm still going to be a rock star. I just don't know when right now. <laughs> I am never going to give up my dream, but focus on the accomplishments Take that to go out and generate revenue personally for yourself, whether you start business or just make a great living and have a great job. Um, That's what I should have done. I should have spent a lot of years where I was dipping. I should have spent that time learning more, educating myself, even if it's a skill, because I'm a very big fan of skills. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have plumbers, welders, carpenters, electricians. Right. They can make a ton of money. And so there's that, and you can still be doing other things and put your own kids through school and advance them. So, um, yeah, I grew up in an old fashioned hardware store and the first big box came to town and we were bankrupt in a year. We were gone. So, but skill sets, they don't go away. Yeah. There's there's always somebody that needs to pay you a lot of money to wire a plug or two or something. And then of course, I'm not saying anything bad about getting advanced degrees and you know, IT and writing code and stuff. It's the way of the world. But there's lots of ways to make a good living and still be doing what you want to be doing because you have the money Mm -hmm. in your hand. I mean, I could have had a recording studio 10 years earlier if I'd had a different skill. 
instead of going to school part-time all that time. <laughs> yeah. So it's like honing in. So the advice would be honing in on your skills. Don't give up on your dreams, but still hone in on those skills. Um, and then don't give up, uh, pay attention to your accomplishments to generate revenue. So that's, those are the three. Accomplishments, accomplishments. Yeah. And I'll tell you, those accomplishments also apply too. For instance, when I was mixing sound, I had accomplishments. I mixed sound for some of the biggest names in the world. Um, but those names are not remembered anymore. You know, do you remember Buddy Miles? He played with Hendrix. He played drums. Yeah, the Buddy Miles Express. An amazing drummer, an amazing drummer, biggest, you know. But um, see, but those things change. Those things move on. Whereas, you know, what you do today is what counts. And, and I really want people to be able to lay out a path yes. for their future and more importantly, their their kids, their survivors' future. Excellent. That's great advice. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Joelle. It's so much a hoot to be here. And it's, I can't wait till you and I meet one day in person. I know I it's going to happen somewhere. My mom and my soon-to-be stepfather live in Houston, Texas. Oh, really? Yes, they live in Spring, Texas. Okay. And so I am planning, you know, to get a visit out there, you know, now that things are kind of slowing down pandemic yeah. wise, I yeah. think I'm going to make a big trip out and visit my mama. And well, spring is a little ways from me, but you know what? I have a car and it'll get there. It'll make it there. <laughs> yes, it will. And I know how to get to spring. You betcha. That's cool. Excellent. Excellent. So we'll, we will, we will make that date happen. That'll be okay. a real reality, but I really appreciate you coming on to share um, your book, your inspiration and you know, some really great nuggets of knowledge and tips on how people can level the paying field by advocating for themselves. So thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Joyelle. Just remember us little folks when you get <laughs> to the top. Okay. Cause I know you're headed there. I know you are. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rick. Well. And, and thanks everyone for listening and watching. Like, subscribe, share with other people, and we'll see you next time on Career View Mirror. Take care.